The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always. We got BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Thursday, November 17th. In a big old episode today, BOC, as we preview the Hall of Fame tip-off tournament that's going down this weekend at Mohegan Sun, Saturday and Sunday, uh, Providence, Miami, St. Louis, in Maryland are in the field, if you don't know by now. Um, but before we get into all that, Let's uh let's talk the Stonehill game. Providence improves the three and after a win against Stonehill, put up hundred points, win one hundred seventy six. For those counting at home, that's a cover by one point. I believe you can thank Clifton Moore for that. I forget who I think it was Clifton Moore who hit the three at the end. Um, but Providence another strong offensive showing. Um, to me, you, you know, we had the post game recap on the site already. To me, BOC, not a complete game, but close. Close. Yeah. The, the good thing is you see six players in double figures, which is awesome because we've talked a lot about how the strengths of, like, Cooley's really, really, really good teams are diversified scoring. And I think that's going to be the case this year. I think there will probably be four players who end up averaging double figures, which is awesome because that was a recipe for success last year. Um in years past when we didn't have a lot of success, it was like one or two players leading the charge and nobody else contributing because they were so deferential to those players. Um, so it's good. that's great to see. Uh, my main takeaway is I loved the attitude of Cooley post-game where he was kind of pissed off about the game. Um, it's great to score 100 points, right? But they let up 76 points to a Stonehill team, which, you know, they went 54% from the floor, 48% from three just wasn't a great defensive effort. And we're getting into the meat of our schedule right now before Big East play. That that type of defensive effort's not going to fly. And it could lead to it could lead to a lot of problems this upcoming weekend. So this weekend's going to be a really nice litmus test to see where this team actually is. Because we're we're I think all of us are cautiously optimistic, but there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Um you know First of all, the six in, in double scoring, that's without Jared Bynum, too, who only, I believe, had nine points in the game. So that's such a great sign. Um, we knew this was a game where you could get guys some burn, including Jaden Pierre, who I thought gave excellent minutes in this one. He had 10 points, a um, couple steals, couple assists. Um, 
Honestly, let's talk about him quickly before we get in, into the tournament. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, right off the bat, I, I just fell in love with. Just just his ability as a freshman to go in, talking on defense, doing all the little things. Um, and now we finally get to see extended minutes of him. And he just showed the quickness, the length. I, this guy's going to be a factor down, down the line here. I, I, again, early, and, and you know Cooley, he doesn't trust freshmen so much. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more reps he gets, the more comfortable he gets. I'm telling you, this guy's going to be an X factor for Providence down the stretch. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think, and it's not a slight against Pierre that he's not starting. I think he has. A, we have a great point guard in Bynum. We have an all Big East point guard in Bynum. I think 90% of Cooley's past teams, Pierre would probably be starting as a true freshman. I think he is that good. He has that factor. Like, the first time he stepped on the court this season, you can just tell when, and I wrote about this, like when players belong. As soon as he stepped on the court, you're like, okay, this guy belongs on a bit at the Big East level. It, it wasn't a, hey, he's a freshman, a little bit overwhelmed. Like Floyd Jr. for for the most part looks like this stage is a little bit too big for him. Even Castro, like it looks like it's a little t- too big for him. Pierre looks like he can play serious minutes right now, and he is playing serious minutes. So, is there a chance maybe he starts at the end of this year? Maybe, but it's not. It's not because. It's not because he's like forced in there. It's just because he's that good. Um, yeah, Bynum's Bynum's the alpha dog right now, and Pierre on other teams would be starting. So it's a great problem to have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, it's Cooley's deepest backcourt he's ever had. Let's face it: um, Locke, Bynum, Carter, Floyd, Pierre, Breed. Like it's loaded. Yeah, he's loaded at the position, which is a great problem to have, like you said. So mm-hmm. six Friars are in double figures. So far this season, averaging double figures. So, I mean, that's a great sign. Like you said, you know, good Cooley teams, you know, spread it out. Um, good day Cooley teams don't play p- bad perimeter defense, though. And I think that's what really set Cooley off in this one. So, they went 176. Listen, UConn played them, and they won 85 to 54 or something like that. Um so they were able to, to, to hold them down defensively. So Providence clearly has work to do. Providence gave up 10 threes in this one, BOC. Uh, Sonil shot 10 of 21 from deep. Yeah. It got so bad, um, they hit a three with two minutes left in the game, and Cooley called timeout. It was their ninth one of the game. And Cooley called timeout up 16 with two minutes left. Um, so clearly it's a problem. Clearly I think Cooley's going to work on it. And honestly – I feel like if that's our issue, I'm confident we can clean that up. Um, granted, yes, the the, um, the the COVID season team wasn't great defensively, and that ended up hurting them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think with the athletes they have on this team, they can figure it out. Um, but, yeah, certainly are going to have to figure it out because big weekend coming up at Mohegan Sun, the Hall of Fame tip-off. Um, Providence draws Miami in, in the first round. We have an article on the site right now previewing um, previewing each team, if you will, just a quick blurb on each team. Um, but before we got in, into that, I did promise in the article that I would share my experience as um, a frequenter of the Hall of Fame tip-off tournament at Mohegan Sun. Hey, um, really, really quick, one final thought on the Stonehill game. Okay. Sorry. I think I think we 
we now have an understanding of what the rotation is going to be. I think it's going to be an eight-man rotation with Castro and Floyd only seeing minutes when we're blowing teams out. I think we had high expectations for Castro. I don't think it's – I think it's it's just not his time yet. Um, so I, I actually – I'm su- surprised that I think we do have that eight-man rotation and we have a rotation set this early in the season because that was a huge concern of mine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously we'll we'll know more – in this tournament, right? Like yeah. higher competition. We'll see what, what Cooley does with the rotation. I, you, you might be right. Um, although I do think Castro could play a role in this Miami game. Uh, if possible, we'll see though. Um, so, so yeah, this will be my fourth time attending the hall of fame tip off tournament. BOC. Uh, the Friars have been in it twice. And then I attended as a neutral fan uh, when Duke was in it with Jason Tatum. I believe you or I was in that as well. Um, and so, first of all, fantastic event. Um, if you you live in New England area, it's it's not that long of a drive to Uncasville, Connecticut. Um, it just loads of fun. Um, you're in there. And keep all this in mind, BFC. This is before they made gambling legal. And now they have a sports book at Mohegan Sun, which I will frequent for sure. Um, but man, it's just such a good time. We hit up the Bow and Arrow Sports Bar, um, one of my favorites. Tons of TVs. They have a, uh, they have they have cheap beers there, right? At the Bow and yeah, Arrow, yes, very cheap. I believe it's like a buck or two bucks. That's that is incredible. That's it's not wonderful. that's that's the recipe for disaster with Providence fans and yeah. dollar beers. The food, not so much. Even though on the Mohegan site, they they really pump up the food. The food's not that good, uh, but that's okay. I mean, all, all we need is, is beers and some snacks, you know. Uh, but, but yeah, you hang out all, there all day. And then when Providence game happens, you know, I remember sp- distinctly one time, everyone just started heading down at once. And it's like, it's a, it's a brief walk. It's, it's just like down a quarter, uh, from the bow and arrow to the arena. And it's just like a mob of us and let's go fire chants are going. It, it's a great time. I recommend anyone to go. Do we have do we have a strong contingency of folks from uh like up north that are that are gonna make the trip? Yeah, I'm I'm having I think about seven or eight guys uh with me. Um my folks actually have a have a, a beach house in, in Westbrook, it's like 30 minutes away. So I'm borrowing that for the weekend. Hopefully we don't trash the place. Uh <laughs> we won't trash the place. Come on, we're grown men now. Uh but um, we'll, we'll revisit that one, but yeah, we will revisit that one post, you know, the podcast post this weekend. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I have a bunch, b- bunch of buddies, PC guys, actually a Maryland guy joining us as well. Um, we'll see whether or not we, we face them, but, but yeah, I, I have a good crowd with me. Hopefully the rest of Firetown also shows up. Um, Kevin McNamara sent out a tweet that there's still a lot of tickets available. I didn't have any issues getting mine. Yeah. They're cheap. Do you, guys have good, do you guys have good seats? Um, yes, sort of. Lower bowl, corner of the hoop. So not great, not terrible. Um, basically, the guys didn't want – I mean, it's such a small arena. It doesn't matter, right? Right. It really doesn't matter, but I kind of, at least for the first game, didn't want to sit way up high. Um, so – yeah, we got solid seats for the opener. We'll see what happens. If they're in the title game, we may have to change it up. Um, but, yeah, Providence has 
has won this event in the past. Um, I went to that one. They played FSU first, I believe, and then beat a Notre Dame team with uh, Grant. Not the Grant from Syracuse, the one from Notre Dame, obviously. Yeah. Um, but but him and Henton had a showdown. In the, in that the was awesome. That? that was the that. Uh, sorry, I, that was the Elite Eight team for Notre Dame, right? I think so. Yeah. That was that a team. team yeah. Good. That was, dude. That they was Huntington. That team had dogs on them. That was a team that lost at the buzzer to go to the Final Four to Kentucky. Yeah, I think you're right. I remember I was in the in the Lower East Side watching that game. That was yeah. That that Notre Dame team. I remember after they beat them in Mohegan, I'm like, dude, that's a statement win. I had a feeling that team was going to be be a problem. Yeah, um, and then and, and then I mean, yeah, that was one of the best games I've ever like been to because it was just a showdown between two dudes. It kind of reminded me of Pierce versus LeBron. I, I forget the year. But there's one playoff game where they went back and forth, back and forth. Celtics got the win, no big deal. Um, but but yeah, so so they they win that time. Then their second trip to it, they beat South Carolina in the opener, and then John Beeline's Michigan Wolverines were too much to handle. Um, I believe that was his last season at the helm at Michigan, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was tough. But I mean, I've had a blast at that tournament. Um, in a Notre Dame game, I actually accidentally spilled my beer on a family friend of Vestoria on Notre Dame. I don't know if you remember oh, him. Yeah. Uh, Steve Vestoria, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oopsie. Um, but, yeah, ton of good good memories at this tournament. Hopefully they continue again as uh, PC opens up with Miami, but really tough opener. I, I've made it – I've made my opinion felt before that pissed off about this scheduling we should have drawn maryland or st louis in my opinion but that's all right i dude it's good it's good to play miami this is going to be a great test for them yeah i mean it's i love that i love that miami was just so open about just paying the players like the nil like i think some of the more astute institutions are like oh yeah like we have this whole thing set up and like it's like uh cloak and dagger when really it's just pay for play. Miami's just like, no, we gave Nigel Pack 400K to come to Miami. Like it was very open. Like it was. A oh, yeah. yeah. And on top of that, uh, Isaiah Wong felt like yeah. he wasn't getting enough money. So he entered the portal and was planning on transferring. And I believe Carlos Ruiz, I think I follow him on or something like that. He's a big, he's a big donor to Miami uh, athletics. And he was like, not on my watch, pal. We're getting you paid. Uh, so something happened. He is back with the team. Charlie Moore is out. But like you said, Nigel Pack, K-State transfer, now taking his spot. Um, this Miami team is guard heavy, for sure. Yep. Uh, guard heavy, play rip very fast. Um, Ken Palm has their just tempo like pretty low. But they're a fast team. And if you watch... Uh, any clips from their recent game against Florida A&M. I know not great competition. It was like a dunk contest. These guys were just fast break dunks the entire game. Um, So going to be a challenge, but the more, you know, I was very, very nervous about this game going in, but after doing some digging BOC, I think we might have an advantage here. Um, Clearly Pack and Wong are probably better than any like scores, probably better scores than even Bynum maybe. Yep. Um, but certainly, you know, 
their backcourt's probably better than ours. But up front, there's thin, very thin. Yeah, so like their big man who's averaging 11 boards a game, it's uh, the kid from Arkansas State. I don't know how you pronounce his name, Omier. Norchad Omier. Yeah, Omier, yeah. I think I nailed it. But he, nice work. Um, He's only 6'7, 6'8. So we need to, again, we're not that big. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I guess we are big. Croswell, Croswell's not big, but Moore is very big, very athletic. Moore is going to see a lot of time. And to your point, maybe Castro gets some more burn. Um, the key to them is just like you need to say Carter, you take away one of the two, and you just I, need to hope. I put him on Wong, personally. Yeah, and you just need to hope like Pack doesn't go go off. Yeah, yeah. Like go I mean, off, honestly, off, like off, off. I'm saying like 25 off. Right. If they can just hold their weight in the backcourt and not just like get totally dominated. Yeah. They should win this game. I, uh, I mean, Hopkins, Castro, and Crosswell pose serious problems for this Miami team. Um, so it's kind of funny. Like we've talked about, we want this team to get out and run, and they're probably best on offense when they get out and run. But in this game, maybe Cooley decides to slow it down a bit, uh, try and muck it up against yeah. this Miami squad. That's a good idea. I like that idea. It seems like these. this is the type of team that has some thoroughbreds, and Miami just wants to get out and run. Uh, like you said, the dunk contest aspect. Maybe you just go low post and try and get their big men in foul trouble and see what you can do and just make it a, you know, like a 70 to 68 type game and keep those scoring low. Because what are they averaging on aggregate? They're averaging 78 points. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe just muck it up and see what you can do because – this team does – I mean, they made the Elite Eight for a reason. That wasn't fluky. Whatever you want to say, like, they're a good team. And they brought back a lot of talent, and they added talent. So, this is a good team. This could be – this, I think, is a sweet 16 caliber team. Great opening test. And I think the big thing for Friar fans is if they lose this game, you can't you can't say, like, oh, another, like, holiday tournament failure. Maybe you can say, maybe you can say that if they go 0-2. Um, but this is a team that – Probably should be a top 25 team throughout the year, yeah. I think. Um, same with St. Louis. And maybe if Maryland, if, you know, um, for a boy from Scene Hall, uh, Willard does a great job, they may be able to sneak into the top 25. It's a, it's a as you wrote about, it's a stacked con- It's a stacked tournament. It is. And all all three teams, or all four teams, rather, are 3-0. and um, You know, Providence, Providence, Miami, and Maryland really haven't played anyone of serious consequence yet. Um, St. Louis got a nice win over Memphis at home the other day. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the St. Louis squad. You know, to me, I'm like, okay, we smack. Like, if we face St. Louis in the final, remember the last time we played, played St. Louis? That was uh, in the Garden, right? Yes, yes, that, that, that Gotham Classic or whatever yeah. it's yeah. called. Yeah. Uh, the 2K Classic, pardon me. I think that's what it was called back then. Um, Robbins blew them out. This is a different team, man. This team is good. This team has loads of experience. Uh, led by Neary Collins and Javante uh, Smart. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Smart was was figured to be the key cog. Um, I think he was A-10 preseason player of the year last year, and then he got hurt. But he is back. Um, Yuri Collins, like I said, is showing out with St. Louis right now. Averaging, he has 36 assists in three games. 12 assists per game. That's insane for college. Um, so, 
they're a dangerous team, man. Like the Maryland game is interesting because, you know, big, big five competition, you know, for them. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, that Maryland team is, is, listen, Willard took over that job looking to rebuild it, right? Let's call a spade a spade. But they're off to a 3 0 start. They're projected to be 10th in the Big Ten going in. But like you said, it's Maryland. They got talented players. They could be a sleeper for sure. Definitely. This kid, this kid on St. Louis. Yeah. Jimerson. Yes. Yes. He might, he yeah, might have the most, punch, he might have the most punchable face in America. He might, but he's an absolute lights out shooter uh, and scorer. He leads the team in scoring. Their team is loaded, dude. Like, everybody, no, you know, the funny thing is, everybody after this weekend, like, St. Louis may win it all. And everybody's going to be like, oh, man, that was a really down tournament. And then they'll look back at this in March and, like, three of the four teams may be in the tournament being like, oh, okay. That was actually yeah. a pretty stacked tournament. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it has the makings to be. You know, as good as Maui or PK uh, 80, 86 now. How old is Phil and I? I, I have no, no idea. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's only a four-team event. But, like like you said, these teams could all be tournament teams this year. So, this is definitely a big event. Um, I'm really excited to go. So, I mean, what do you think prediction-wise? Do you think we can beat Miami here? Or? I do. I do. I think they can beat Miami as long as they don't fall into the trap of like, you know, how sometimes when we play St. John's, we fall into the trap of doing like a track meet with them. Playing into their hand. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't do that. Um, say whatever you want about Laranega and like how they, you know, how he's like burned us in the past with not coming back and coaching us. He's a great coach. I think he's a top 25 coach in America. It also helps when you have, for better or worse, the backings of boosters. Because um, I think if they, they weren't so overt with the pay for play. Wong and Pack aren't on this team right now. It's a completely <laughs> different team. Um, so they they have the makings of a good team. I think they can win. Uh, I would set the realistic expectations for everybody for Friar fans. This is still a very young team, and I think a lot of our warts are probably going to be exposed this weekend. One and one, I think would, I think we would we should be happy with that. And I, I mean that like happy, not content, like happy with a one and one. Yeah, if we go I mean, if we go fair. two if we go two and zero, oh, fans should be ecstatic. Yeah, so here's the thing with the Miami game. Part of me, kind of exactly what you're saying in terms of being worried playing into a team's hand. Remember when we played Arkansas in the Maui Invitational in Nashville? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a prime example of Providence trying to play the, the fast paced game that Arkansas wanted to play, and Arkansas won eighty four seventy two. Um. Was that, wait, was that, Ar- was that Arkansas or Bama? No, it was Arkansas. Okay. Right? Well, I remember we played – I remember we played Bama. Oh, we, crap. I think you're right. No, yeah, I remember we played Bama. Yeah, we played Bama, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, this team is like St. John's on steroids. And we no, you're right, because it was clearly in, like, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, like – and I'm looking at me, a box score from – It made me question – it made me question, like – Providence has a basketball program watching them just get run out of the gym by Bama. Like yeah. they just had athletes on athletes and they were just bombing threes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So th- there you go. BOC, correct me. That's the point I'm trying to make. 
Don't play in the hand. But hey, in that Arkansas game, they probably played into Mike Anderson's hand too. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, that's also true. That <laughs> was the NIT to forget that season in 2019. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so so that worries me a little bit. But again, I'm seeing a path here for a victory, and that's playing through your bigs, playing through Crosswell, playing through Hopkins, uh, playing through Clifton Moore, get him in positions to succeed again. I, I, I truly think, and especially when you think the home crowd, and again, if you're thinking about going, friggin' go. Uh, we need all the support we can get at, at this thing. Dunk South. So um, I think we can, I think we can win this game for sure. And then honestly, I think we could win it all if we do that. I, I, I know I just lamented on St. Louis and how experienced and talented they are. But I think we could beat them in a championship game if it came down to them and us. Um, I think we could win that. And then Maryland, I mean, Cooley has plenty of experience going against Willard. So, yep. listen, I, I think 2-0 and we could, is highly possible. I think 1-1, one one, I think you should be content with. 0-2, oh then we start to kind of hit the panic button because if you think about this, the really only other good non-conference game will be at TCU. TCU already has a loss on the season to like they lost a bye game already. So and they narrowly escaped another. So do you hit the panic button though? Yeah. I I don't. I, I don't do. expect I, I don't expect us to like this is a tough tournament and I think we're going to have growing pains. Like, will I be happy with it? No, I'll be annoyed as all hell. But like I don't think it's a panic button. I think it's a hey, this team needs to learn to gel together. It could be eye opening. I don't know. No, I mean, you're right, but I, I just worry from the sense of, okay, you squandered your two biggest non-conference opportunities. Well, TCU, maybe not, maybe not. But then it puts a ton of pressure on that TCU game. And if you don't win that, like, now you have no big non-conference wins, and you would probably have to be better than 500 in the Big East. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this weekend, this weekend can do a lot for them in both a positive and a negative way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited so you, for it. I'm when are you guys, when are you guys getting there? Cause PC is a later game, right? Yeah. So I'm going down Friday night. Yeah. Some of the guys are coming Friday night. I'm going to hit up one of my favorite spots, Bill's seafood, uh, all time favorite of mine. Um, and I think we're going to go, like, first thing in the morning. Oh, boy. All right. Get there. You know, we do have a couple Maryland. Like I said, we got a Maryland guy with us. So, we might – I think my plan will be go to the Maryland game at halftime. You get tickets yeah. to bowl. Yeah. Um, so, I'm thinking maybe go into the arena at halftime there, catch Maryland, um, support my buddy. But, but yeah, um, we're going to get after it, BFC. I know you are. I know you are. I'm so excited for you guys. I wish I could be there. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, man. It's going to be a day full of gambling and uh, rooting for Friars Hoops, man. Can't beat it. That That's that's a complete day. Yes. Um, all right. Anything else we got? No. I'm excited for the weekend. It's good to have uh, noteworthy games. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like, I feel like. You know, the start the season this year in college hoops, 
a lot of teams didn't have noteworthy games, and we're they're slowly starting to trickle in. You know. Oh yeah. We had Gonzaga, Michigan State on the aircraft carrier. We had Gonzaga, Texas last night. Texas beat the bag out of Gonzaga. That was pretty eye opening. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited for this. Not only this weekend, but this entire feast week. I'm calling it Sport Apocalypse, BOC. Because I got the tournament this weekend. The Pats play on Sunday. The pl- Pats play on Thursday, Thanksgiving against the Vikings. We got the World Cup coming, BOC. Like I know. sports Dude, on sports. And then the Maui, the PK80, whatever. Uh, this I'm going to sport, be in heaven. Sports heaven. Sports heaven, indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Um, be sure to read our blog, follow us. We'll, have, we'll probably have a preview article for the Miami game up. Um, and we'll have some other cool stuff for you. So until next time, Friar Town, see you later. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth.